Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest College Basketball Show, where you can get your info on Cincinnati-area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. There were no games around the Queen City last night out of any of the teams this podcast covers, so I'm going to use this episode to update everyone on where each team stands at this point in the season. The first net rankings were released last week, but I won't spend a ton of time on this episode talking about those. They need a lot more data to shake out the right way. The net is the system that replaced the RPI, and that's how you determine the quad one or quad two, quad three, quad four wins when you hear people talk about those. In the AP poll released yesterday, Purdue was number one, Virginia was number two, and UConn was number three. Although, for my money, after watching Purdue and UConn this year, Connecticut would have my vote for best team, if that matters at all. I just don't see any holes on the Huskies roster right now, and they are number one on Ken Palm, too. Right now, of the eight teams that I consistently talk about, there are two that have put themselves in position to make the NCAA tournament. And those two are Xavier and Kentucky. I'll start with Xavier, who is 30th on Ken Palm and received votes in Monday's AP poll. The Musketeers have a record of 7-3. and three. Xavier's offense is legit. It's currently the ninth best offense in the entire country. And after a few years where it felt like Xavier really struggled to shoot the ball, it's crazy to think that this year's Xavier team is currently second in the nation in three-point percentage at 42%. Sule Boom has been nothing short of incredible. He's shown an ability to step up in big moments and make plays. He's made over half of the threes he's attempted this year. And his lack of size hasn't been a noticeable problem yet this year for Xavier. Colby Jones is playing very well. Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle have combined to be a dominant duo in the post. And Adam Kunkel has settled in nicely, shooting over 42% from three himself. I don't think the play of Jerome Hunter should be overlooked either because he's carved out a nice role under Sean Miller. He plays within the system. He hasn't tried to do too much, especially after a shaky start to the year. And he hasn't played more than 17 minutes in a game yet this season, which again goes back to just knowing your role, knowing what you need to do to be successful and play within the system. Where Xavier has really struggled this year, though, is on the defensive end. While they're ninth offensively, they're 77th defensively. And the defense has been exposed after halftime several times to the point where it's become a recurring theme. You have to think that a Sean Miller team will improve over the course of the season defensively, though. To put it in perspective, since he left Xavier in 2009, he's only had two teams finish below 80th defensively, and one of those was his first season at Arizona. He had seven seasons in that span where his teams finished 37th or better on defense, including 2014 when Arizona was the best defensive team in the country. Now, let's be clear. None of this is to say that Xavier will be that good because... I'm not sure that they have the makeup to be that good on the defensive end this year. But what it does tell you is that they'll continue to improve because good, tough defense is something Sean Miller enforces. The Musketeers take on Southern tonight, a team out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who can shoot the three ball very well. The Jaguars like to play very fast and shoot threes. And other than that, they don't do anything particularly well. That game is at 7 on FS1 with Matt Schumacher on the play-by-play and former Butler head coach Laval Jordan offering the analysis. Xavier's a 21.5 point favorite. The total set at 152.5. Xavier is 9-1 to the over this year. 
Next up is Cincinnati, who sits at 6-4 and four and 75th on Ken Palm. They have the 54th-ranked offense and the 94th-ranked defense. They went 1-2 and two in the Maui Invitational and don't have a win yet over a high-major opponent. Plus, you mix in that loss to Northern Kentucky. The problem for Cincinnati right now as it relates to the NCAA tournament is that they just don't have a ton of opportunity in front of them to build their resume. With two games each against Houston and Memphis, those represent the best games left. But you're probably looking at a situation where the Cats need to go at least 3-1 and one in those games to really even be in the conversation. David DeJulius and Victor Locken have been the stars for Cincinnati this year. DeJulius has scored at least 20 points in five of UC's first 10 games, and he's been in control of the offense. He hasn't turned the ball over more than three times in a game yet. Victor Locken has put together a really nice start to this campaign, especially on the offensive end in the post. He's been the only consistent scoring threat for UC around the basket. He's scored in double figures in seven games. Between Odio Guama and Kalua Zikpe, though, Locken just hasn't had that much help down low. Jeremiah Davenport has struggled all over the place, almost like he's not playing the right role right now. Memphis transfer Landers Nolly has been hot and cold, scoring 33 against Arizona, but then 9 against Xavier. Freshman Dan Skillings, he's shown some flashes of capability, but injuries to John Newman III and Rob Finnessy have both severely hurt Cincinnati on the defensive end, although Newman did tweet yesterday that he was off his crutches, which is a good sign if you're a Bearcats fan. Cincinnati welcomes Miami Oxford to Fifth Third Arena tomorrow night. Northern Kentucky is 5-5, 2-0 in the Horizon League, and 226th on Ken Palm with their best win coming over Cincinnati. I asked Rick Broring, who is their radio analyst, to text me two good notes and two bad notes about NKU this year, and here's what I have to share from Rick. We'll start with the good. He said, creating steals out of their matchup zone. Marquez Warwick and Xavier Rhodes rank first and second in the Horizon League in steals per game. Also that Marquez Warwick, according to Rick, going sicko mode on offense. He's had games like I've talked about of 45 and 30 points already. Those were back-to-back, scoring 75 points combined in consecutive games. And he's averaging 20.4 points per game while shooting over 40% from three. Now the bad has been the three-point defense. NKU is allowing opponents to shoot just over 40% from three. Taking risks for steals and not being disciplined enough within the system has created too many wide-open looks for opponents. And also, the offense has gotten bogged down too often. 299th in offensive possession length. Guys just aren't moving the ball well and seeing things. Too much reliance on Marquez Warwick at times. Out of 20 halves of basketball, NKU has scored 30 or fewer points 11 times. NKU's toughest remaining game is at Florida Atlantic next Wednesday. I've mentioned it before, but FAU is having a really nice season. They're 48th on Ken Palm and sit at 8-1 with a win over Florida this year. I've talked a lot about Dayton this season, and they have caught just about every bad break imaginable. They're 6-5 and and sit at 73rd on Ken Palm. Right now, they're flat out not a good basketball team, and they have a lot of work to do. The Flyers were ranked in the AP preseason poll, but like Cincinnati, have yet to beat a high major team. Their defense is 38th in the nation, but their offense is 126th. Injuries to star Kobe Elvis and Malachi Smith have really hindered Dayton's potential this year. 
with only three games remaining against Ken Palm top 100 teams and two of those being against the same St. Louis squad, you're looking at a spot where Dayton is going to have to win the A-10 tournament to dance in March. Kentucky has had a strange season. They sit at 7-2 and two right now with their best win coming over Michigan in that game played in London last week. The Wildcats are Ken Palm's 6th best team with the 16th best offense and 8th best defense, and the AP poll has them at 13th overall. The Kentucky faithful were frustrated with how they played in their losses to Michigan State and Gonzaga, but now they've won four in a row and can really ensure that things are going back on the right track when they play UCLA at Madison Square Garden this coming Saturday. I did an interview with Barstool Reeks from before that Michigan game that I think still applies to how Kentucky's been doing over the last couple of weeks, so be sure to go check that out. The Miami Redhawks sit at 4-5 and five under first-year head coach Travis Steele and are just plain and simply having a tough go of it. Two of Miami's four wins are against non-Division I teams, and the other two wins are against Ken Palm 326 and 301. Their offense is 190th in the country, and their defense is 343rd. The Redhawks have two games against top 100 teams left, one of which is tomorrow against UC. The other is against Kent State on January 7th, who's the best team in the MAC this year. Wright State is 5-5 five five overall, 0-2 in the horizon, and 210th on Ken Palm. They've lost four of their last five, including their first two conference games, and looks like they'll finish probably in the bottom half of the Horizon League this year. The best team left on the Raiders' schedule is Akron, who they play tomorrow night. I'm not really sure where to start with Louisville. They're 0-9, and their offense is ranked 309th in the country. They started the season ranked 91st on Ken Palm, and they've dropped all the way to 237th. They're the only team in all of college basketball to not cover a spread yet this year. They're also 360th in the net with only three teams ranked worse right now. Every game I feel like I see tweets that say, this is rock bottom. But as crazy as it sounds though, I don't think we've quite hit rock bottom yet because that could happen this week. The Cardinals play Western Kentucky tomorrow night at the Yum Center and the Hilltoppers will almost assuredly be the favorite to win that game. Then the real bottoming out could come Saturday when Louisville welcomes Florida A&M to town. The Rattlers only have one win this year, and it's against a non-Division I team. If Louisville can't beat 359th ranked Florida A&M, I truly don't know what you do as a program, especially for a program with the size and the legacy and the stature of Louisville. We were debating at Chatterbox yesterday what would happen if this Louisville team were to beat Kentucky on New Year's Eve, where that would rank in the all-time list of upsets, because I think it would certainly be in the discussion. If they keep that game within 25 at Rupp Arena, it would be an accomplishment. Taking a look around the country at the rest of the college basketball world, you could pretty easily make a case for any of the top three teams to be the number one team right now. Connecticut looks unstoppable. Virginia looks certified back under Tony Bennett after a bad year last year. And Purdue has a potential National Player of the Year in Zach Eady. Houston dropped from the number one ranking after a 71-65 loss to Alabama on Saturday. And Creighton, who in Maui looked like the best team in the Big East and looked like they were living up to all of the lofty preseason expectations, lost their fifth game in a row last night. Granted, Ryan Kalkbrunner was hurt 
And without him, the Jays look lost. They just haven't played nearly like they did to open the season over the last couple of weeks, and now are 6-5. and five. They open Big East play on Friday against Marquette, and if they can't win in Milwaukee, that means the Blue Jays will have gone at least a month in between wins. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Have a great Tuesday, everyone, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.